0: Good morning, everyone. At this time, you may open up your Bibles to the book of Colossians. We return to our study of the book of Colossians this morning. You can turn to chapter 2 in your pew Bibles. It's page number 984. Now, as we return to our study of the book of Colossians, I want to remind you a little bit about what is going on, a little bit of the background to the book of Colossians. First, it is written by the Apostle Paul from prison. We believe he's in prison in Rome. And he has gotten a report from Epaphras. Epaphras was the one who planted the church in Colossae. And he has come to visit Paul to give a report about how things are going there. Unfortunately, some false teaching has begun to find its way into the church. And so Paul writes this letter to encourage those who gather together in Colossae to worship the Lord in the ways that they are to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. That they are not to turn away from Christ to some law or some set of rules, but that the path to growth and maturity in the Christian life is in Christ Jesus alone. So if you would look down starting at verse 6, we'll read through verse 15. But our focus this morning will be in verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. This is God's holy word. Let us pray. Blessed be the Lord, the great God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the Lord who has created all light to be radiant and all wisdom holy. Bless this congregation of your people with your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, with the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Give us teaching in our inner hearts with the inclination of our wills, with the drawing forth of our desires. Bless us with the word of truth that we might all sing together with joy the joy of true holiness. And we pray this through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Nine years ago, I moved into my house in South Carolina. And as a part of fixing up my house, I planted two different pieces of wood into the ground. One was a wooden post for our deck. It was a four by four post that we sank into the ground several feet and set with concrete. It was strong. It was sturdy. The other piece of wood was a maple tree shoot. It really didn't look like much more than a twig with a few leaves. We planted it about 18 inches into the ground and if the children wanted to, they could have just pulled it right up out of the ground. It would seem that the post was the stronger of the two. And at the outset it was. But there was a vital difference between these two well the post was strong and the tree shoot weak the post was dead and the tree alive as the years went by the post never grew it never developed it never did anything besides just stay in the ground the tree on the other hand grew quickly within a season it was well established after a few more years the tree became as thick as the post and but now it was over 12 feet tall. It was just as sturdy and strong as the post. And by the time we moved this summer, the tree we planted nine years ago was a strong, mature tree that gave wonderful shade and a beautiful presence to our yard. The post, on the other hand, had begun to rot. And so we had to cap it off with one of those metal caps so that the inspector wouldn't see it (laughs) to keep it from more deterioration. In our text for this morning, the Apostle Paul is seeking to show the church in Colossae the vital difference between a dead law and a living relationship with Christ. False teaching had entered the church and the heart of the teaching dealt with how we are to progress in our walk with the Lord. How we are to live as Christians in such a way that we become strong and mature in the faith. You see, the false teachers were saying, look, hey, it's good to begin with Jesus. But if you want to become a Christian that is mature, you need more than Christ. You need Christ plus the law. You need Christ plus some regulations. Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, they were saying. If you only have Christ, then you will never be established in holiness and come to maturity, they were falsely teaching. But in verse 6, Paul begins to address this question by summarizing the right approach to growing in maturity in Christ. Look down at your text. Look what he says there in verse 6. He says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. That's the dynamic. That's how we grow. Just as we received Christ, that's how we grow in Christ. How do we live daily life in such a way? That we come to maturity. You walk in Him the same way that you received Him. Not by works. Not by the law. But by faith in the work of Christ on your behalf. We grow and mature and bear fruit as Christians. Not by the power of the law, but rather by the power of the life of Christ in us. Do not be deceived, Christian. In the short term... It may look like adding the law to your Christian life will bring you maturity faster. But in the long run, it will only lead to death and to rot. The way we grow as Christians is to walk in Christ the way that we received Christ. Through faith in His work on our behalf. In verse 7, we will see that to be protected from the deception of these false teachers, every Christian must walk in Christ the same way that they receive Christ. As their source of life. As their strength for life. And finally, as their song of life. So first of all, to walk in Christ, we must have Christ as our source of life. Look at the beginning of verse 6 into the first half of verse 7 again. Paul says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him. You see, to walk in Christ as we received Him, we must be rooted in Christ. To be rooted in Christ means that when we are thirsty, it's to Him that we go For a drink. When we are hungry, it is him that we go to to be filled. When we have a need, it is him that we run to to meet that need. For we have a vital connection with Christ. As the Lord Jesus explains in John chapter 15 I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Paul is directing our attention to the divine work of God to provide for us all the spiritual life we need in the person of Christ. When we look to Christ, when we rest in Christ, when we trust in Christ, we find that we are given the resources for walking in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Yet, if we cut ourselves off from the root, we can do nothing. Now, Paul adds to our understanding of Christ as our source by explaining that we are not only to be rooted in Christ, but we are to be built up in Christ. When we have Christ as our source, we are nourished because we are in Him. But because we are nourished by Him, we also grow in him. This is what a vital living relationship looks like: nourishment and growth. He says in verse 6 and to 7, "So walk in him, rooted and built up in him." Now, I always thought growing up it was strange that parents and grandparents were so encouraged when their children would eat well. I always thought that was strange that they would say, come on, keep eating, keep eating. You know the grandmother that just wants to feed their grandchildren more and more and more. Yet now that I'm a parent, I get it. Right? You want your kids to eat because you want them to grow. You want them to be strong and healthy. Food is the source for health and maturity. And the Word of God is saying to us, If you would grow, you must not cut yourself off from the root of Christ. He is the source of maturity and growth and strength. You need to abide in Him. It's important for us to note how these commands are given. You see, we are not commanded to root ourselves in Christ. Rather, the command is, To be rooted. That is, to allow Christ to root you in Himself. And similarly, the command is not build yourself up in Christ. Rather, the command is to have Christ build you up. The way that we grow and mature in Christ is not through our own work, but rather it is through submission to the work of Christ within us. It is in faith and trust and reliance upon Christ that He will provide the nourishment, the food that we need so that we will grow and become mature and steady and strong in Him. Don't be deceived, Christian. Christ is our source. We don't begin this Christian life by the grace of God through faith in Christ only to abandon Him to human works of the law. No, we walk in Christ just as we received Christ by trusting His work alone. First to save us and then to provide all that we need. Christ is our source of life. Now, it seems to me that the best coaches in whatever sport always stress the fundamentals. Whether you're talking about basketball or baseball or football, the difference between a good team and a great team is the ability to execute the fundamentals. Defense, rebounding, and free throws will win you a championship. Not a 360 dunk. You see, the dunk might be more exciting to watch. It might be impressive. But in the long run, it is the team that can execute the fundamentals that will prevail. And in our Christian lives, there are ways to look very impressive as a Christian to other people. But if we abandon the foundation of our faith, we will not grow. You see, there are many ways that we could appear to walk in the Lord. But abandoning the foundation of our faith will make it so we have no strength, no depth to our Christian walk. In the second part of verse 7, Paul explains that if we would walk in Christ, He must not only be our source of life, but He must also be our strength of life. Verse 7 again, So walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught. To be established means to be confirmed. It means to have depth, to have weight. You see, we can become very good at appearing like Christians. We know the Christian lingo. We make it to church. We volunteer in the nursery. We volunteer for service projects. We know that we're supposed to like this type of music and not that type of music. That we're to go to these movies and not these movies. We go through the motions because at some point, this is where you threw in the chips of your life. This is where you feel comfortable. This is where your friends are. This is what you do on Sunday morning. But beneath the thin veneer of Christianity is there hollowness. Many can become like papier-mâché Christians. We look solid on the outside, but when you pull back a few layers, you realize that there is nothing on the inside. There's no deep root. There's no solid foundation. There's no strength. And we are susceptible to every wind of doctrine that blows across our computer screens. If Christ is not our strength, then we will slowly drift along with the tide And find that we do all the Christian activities, but one inch under the surface is brokenness and fear and anxiety. But this is not to be your life, Christian. This is not to be the way that we grow. If you try to be a Christian by your own strength, then you will become a papier-mâché Christian. If you establish a set of rules that are designed to make you solid and firm and mature, you will not walk in Christ. You'll just be like that dead post in the ground. Rigid not by strength, but rigid through rigor mortis. But if Christ is your strength, then you will have a depth to your faith. There will be a weight to your religion that will not succumb to vain temptations of this world. You will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Maturity in Christ doesn't come through obedience to the law. It comes through faith in the Gospel. That is, to be established in the faith that we are taught. You see, to some, the Gospel seems like a good place to start. It's the on-ramp to Christianity. The Gospel is where you begin. But once you're on the highway, you can leave the Gospel behind to keep going forward. But this is to misunderstand the Gospel. It's not just the on-ramp to the Christian life. It's the entire highway. It is the whole path. Every day we need to be established and strengthened by the truth that Christ Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead to give us new life. And now by the power of the Spirit we are called to walk in Christ. To be established in your faith you need to live by the power of the Gospel every day. Martin Luther once said, Preach the Gospel to yourself every day. In the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul said, are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? We can never leave the foundation of the Gospel. We can never mature beyond needing the redeeming grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can never come to a place where the strength of our holiness rests upon our own ability to withstand temptation. Because the strength of our faith comes from the gospel, not from our moral fortitude to stop sinning. If we rest on our own ability to turn from sin, we will fall. To be protected from the deception of these false teachers... We must know that Christ is the strength of Christian living. The third thing that we see in our text now is that to have protection from deception, we must have Christ as our song. Our song. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by our song? Look down at the last phrase in verse 7 of your text. Look down there. Paul says, So walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith just as you were taught. Look at these last three words. Abounding in thanksgiving. To walk in Christ is to have Him as your source of life. It's to have Him as the strength of your life. And to walk in Christ is to have Him as the song of your life. Paul says that we are to be abounding in thanksgiving. That means that our lives should overflow with the fruit of worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving doesn't flow forth from a person who has grown according to their own efforts. So if you are in high school or college... Or you're in a master's degree program and you're assigned a group project and you are the one that does all the work. You've been there before, right? You're the one that stayed up all night writing the report. You're the one who stayed up all night making the PowerPoint presentation. You're the one that did all the work. You don't go, I'm so thankful that I did everything and everybody else just let me do it. I'm so happy I got stuck with all the slackers. No. No. You say, I'm the one that's worked hard. I'm the one that gets credit. And in your spiritual life, if you are walking according to the law and not according to the power of Christ, then you won't be very thankful either. You'll act as though you're getting your reward. You'll say to yourself, I've worked hard to be holy. I've worked hard to avoid sin. I should be rewarded by God. The laborer gets his wages? Why shouldn't I? Why should I be thankful when God rewards me for what I have done? Now, intellectually, you know you're not supposed to say that. Right? You know in Sunday school class you don't go around going, well, you know, I'm responsible for my holiness. You know you're supposed to say, well, no, I I trust in Christ. Nevertheless, if you don't find yourself overflowing, abounding with thankfulness in all that Christ has done for you, then most likely you see yourself as working for the reward. And you will grumble, grumble, grumble the whole way through your Christian life. But when you come to walk in Christ, your tune will change. For when you see that Christ is your all in all, when you see He is your source of life, when you see He is your strength for life, then He will become the song of your life. You will overflow with thanksgiving because you know that you have done nothing to deserve your salvation. You have done nothing to earn His forgiveness. You have not rooted yourself in Christ, but through faith in Christ you have been rooted in Him. You have not built yourself up in Christ, but through faith you have been built up by the power of the Spirit within you. You have not established yourself, but by God's grace you have been established. And because you know it is the work of God within you, you will walk in thankfulness and Christ will be your song. So, the path to growth And maturity is not by works of the law. It is by faith in the work of Christ. Not a dead moral code, but a living, vital relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But what about the law? I mean, don't we need the law to keep us in line? Don't we need to be told how we are to live? Don't we need rules and lists and boundaries? I mean, doesn't Calvin call the law of God a positive guide for Christian living? When we come to faith in Christ, is it not the Spirit that now legibly writes upon our hearts the law of God? Is not the new birth aimed at holiness and obedience? Well, of course, the moral law of God remains a positive guide to our lives as Christians. It is a reflection of God's heart for holiness. But holiness in obedience is the fruit of new life in Christ, not the cause of new life in Christ. You see that dead post that we put into the ground? I could hang fruit on it. I could put some apples on it and it could look like, hey, this thing is producing fruit but those apples will rot and they'll fall away. If I don't hang more fruit on it, there'll never be any more fruit. And we do that as Christians so often. We go and we try to produce fruit on our own just hanging it on a dead post. On the other hand, if you plant an apple tree in the ground and it's rooted and built up in the soil and well watered in season, it will continually produce the fruit that it is made to produce here is the important question is your obedience like a dead post or a living tree if you are like the dead post you might look like you are secure for a season you might have all the right answers for a period but there is no life there is no root And people will look at you and think, oh man, this guy has this Christian thing together. He knows what he is supposed to do and what he is supposed to avoid. He says all the right things and goes to all the right places. But then one day you find he's beginning to rot. What once seemed so strong is now soft and crumbling, filled with the marks of death. On the other hand, if your obedience is like the living tree For a season you might seem weak. You might seem small and humble. Yet over time, as you faithfully trust in Christ for nourishment and growth, looking to His Word, abounding in thanksgiving, then you will become strong and mature and you will grow in your faith, protected from the deceptions of this world. Sadly, Today, much of our, quote, Christian teaching relies on the power of the flesh and not the power of the Spirit. So much relies on lists. Seven things that you need to do to be a healthy Christian. And not faithful reliance upon what God is doing in you. Paul is saying, if you would live wisely, if you would be protected from the deceit of this world, then walk in Christ. Be rooted in Christ. Be built up by Christ. Be strengthened in Christ. For just as we received Christ, we must also walk in Him through faith in His work. Not our work, but His work alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. O God, the protector of all that trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that you, being our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we may finally not lose the things eternal. Grant this, O Heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen.